October 12, 2023, we're in Masechet, if you count from the bottom of the Amud upward, it's about 14 lines up in the middle of the line where the Gemara says, Tafshin, Tashema, the Gemara cites a Beraita from Masechet Shabbat to deal with the question that it had been posing and dealing with until then, and that is whether Yesh Muksel Hatsi Shabbat or not, as I said, Probably the easiest uh, way to do it in today's day and age is I have clothing, which I plan on, and uh, maybe even am wearing on Shabbat. Not mukseh at all. They're wearable, and in turn, not mukseh. On Shabbat, I'm outside, unexpectedly, it pours on me, and it renders my clothing not wearable any longer. To the extent that they're so drenched, no person in their right mind would be wearing them. Mukseh, for all intents and purposes. Uh, But then I place them in the boiler room, I put them in some place, and as a result, they dry off. Better yet, based on the maskana of the Gemara, I continue walking outside and they dry off. Uh, Do those clothing maintain their status as mukseh or not? That's the question of mukseh lachasi Shabbat. On the entrance of Shabbat, this item was not mukseh. It was very usable and in the context of our Gemara, edible. You're dealing with fruits that were dried. Um, over the course of Shabbat, there's rain that falls on them, rendering them inedible. Mukseh. In that moment, nobody will disagree. Can't eat from them. I don't know why you would, but you can't use them, can't handle them. But now the sun comes out again and shines on them and dries them out. Are you now allowed to eat from them or not? That's been the question we've been grappling with. Don't need to. The fact that it's inedible, in and of itself makes it not usable and in turn looks it. Doesn't matter. Right, it's a great question. Um, Joe Levy asks, and at this point we're not supposed to distinguish. Um, you know, that's why I kind of quickly fixed it about the boiler room. I, you know, that's, uh, because Joe Levy says maybe you could distinguish between if it's the person can fix it or not. Others, this is need to be nature. When we're dealing with the fruits, the assumption at least once upon a time was the only way that that will be fixed is through sun. That's the only way those fruits will be fixed. Alternatively, what if there's something you could do? Your clothing got dirty and you could brush them off. Would that render it mukseh, even lahatsi shabbat? The fact that you could, in a second or in moments, fix it up, the Gemara will, at the end of the sugya, distinguish and say, no, that was never even considered mukseh lahatsi shabbat. Go ahead. No, first and foremost, we're posek in Muqseh Lahatsi Shabbat, so there's no problem. Um, as, uh, you know, in other words, in terms of wearing it later on. You're asking, while it's on you, well, while, while it's on you, it's on you. I'm talking about, well, once you took it off, and nobody would rightfully put it back on them, uh, so to speak. And lastly, as Joey Levy's saying, you really could dry them off yourself. You could put them in your boiler room and fix them in some way. So no, you're okay. I mean, wear a raincoat anyway, but you're okay. Says the Gemara Tashema means come and learn from the following Beraita, which is cited from Masechet Shabbat. Haya ochel ba'anavim vehotir veheilan lagag la'asot mehen simukin v'teinim vehotir veheilan lagag la'asot mehen grogarot. One of the two, or three, or four, as the Gemara, as the Beraita will conclude, uh, cases where a person's eating one type of fruit or another prior to Shabbat. Vehotir, and they left over. In other words, they didn't finish eating the fruits. And in turn, the will, the passion of the person is with my leftover, fresh, moist fruits, let me turn them into dried fruits. He'ilan lagag. You bring them up to the roof. 
before Shabbat. All this is before Shabbat. Lo yochal mehen, you can't in turn on Shabbat eat from those fruits. Ad shiyazmin mebe'on yom. Unless when you brought them up or at any point prior to Shabbat, you were mazmin. Hazmana means you have a mindful or maybe even verbal declaration that I'm going to eat from these fruits. Those are the statements of this beraita. Vechen ata motzeh ba'farsakin or be'habushin or be'shar kol minei perot. Of course, they were edible. Again, I'm eating from these grapes. They're initially edible. I brought them up to the roof. Uh, we don't know what the status. Hey, hang tight, Charlie. We don't know. I, all I know are the words of the Beraita right now. It's all the Gemara knows at this point. I brought them up to the roof. I don't know what their status is entering into Shabbat. The Beraita never made clear for us. Says the Beraita, however, if you were mazmin, if you designated and said or mindfully stated that these fruits are going to be eaten by me on Shabbat, then they're okay. I don't know. Were they edible entering into Shabbat? Were they not? It's exactly what the Gemara is going to question. But those are the words of the Beraita. So again, in one of any fruit cases that you can imagine, you were eating from those moist fruits, you had leftover, you decided, the details as to why this is all a necessary part of the story, we won't address. You decided to bring it up to your fruit, to your roof, to leave it there to dry out the Beraita, Qualifies. It says it's only going to be permitted if you were mazmin. Hazmana means you have a verbal or mental designation with regards to these items that I'll be eating from these on Shabbat to render them not mukseh, says the Gemara. As Charlie asked, what's the case? What is the case with regards to these fruits? What's their status in the moments leading up to Shabbat? What's the status on Shabbat with regards to edibility or not? E de hazu. If entering into Shabbat, after I brought them up to the roof, at some point before Shabbat, they're hazu, they're raui, they're edible. In other words, they were dried out to the extent that a normal person would eat from them. They're now raisins, they're now prunes, they're now whatever it is. Well, what's that? Well, and then on Shabbat change this status? That's where your question is? The edible, the edible, but the edible, the edible. It's apparently more than just a small time, but it is that interim time. It's the period during which they're not yet raisins, but they're not grapes. That's the that's the stage we're nervous about. You showed you didn't want them as grapes. You shouldn't be able to them as so let's redefine this word. It means if they are already raisins. Okay? It's really the way Rashi explains it, right? Indeed. Says the Gemara, Then why do you need to designate? If they're already raisins and in turn edible, why would you need any hazmana at all? Um, that, that's the question of the Gemara. Yeah, Rashi says it explicitly, Nathan. Yaveshu, they're already dried out. That's what hazu means over here. Says the Gemara, idela hazu, and if they're not grapes any longer, nor yet, ra- nor yet raisins. In other words, they're this in between, whether it's a short or long period, I don't know, but it's this period during which they're inedible. So then what are your words going to do? Ki azmin lehu, when you do designate, oh, I'm going to eat from these, my have that's, that's insignificant. Just like a person can't 
as uh, we read from Rashi quickly yesterday, say about sticks and stones, I'm going to eat from those on Shabbat. Well, now they're not mukseh, nonsense, ludicrous. They're not edible. Nobody's eating from sticks and stones. Nobody's eating from these grapes slash raisins when they are grapes slash raisins. And as a result, you can't save or solve the circumstance, situation by that hasmana. So that being the case, one sec, Charles, that being the case, so then what's the case in the Beraita? The Beraita says, listen, you brought them up before Shabbat. Uh, you didn't give me any other details other than designation is necessary. Designation is not necessary if they're already edible, and designation is useless if they're not edible when entering into Shabbat. Yes, Charles? I hear you. I hear you based on my knowledge. What I can tell you is the hachamim certainly did not maintain as you're saying. You know, what Charles is saying is, it's not that they're inedible, it's just uh, it's not exactly what you're looking for. The assumption is they are. Uh, so I, I hear the claim, and I'm unfortunately not strong enough in my knowledge of raisins and grapes to refute it, uh, Charles, But I, uh, what the transition period is like. But, so they are stating, right? Rashi likens it to sticks and stones, and the hachamim assume there is an inedible status to it. All right, says the Gemara, so the vechitema, perhaps the cases, suggest the Gemara, de la yada ihazu ilahazu. Maybe it has nothing to do with Muksela Hati Shabbat, which obviously is where we're going, but rather the circumstances entering into Shabbat, you just have no knowledge. You haven't checked them out. You're lazy, you don't have the time, it's too difficult. Whatever the circumstances, you didn't go up to the roof to check on their status. And in turn, that's why the Hasmana is necessary. Your Hasmana is, listen, if they're prepared, if they're ready, uh, so then I'm going to eat from them. If they're not in this moment ready, I won't eat from them. Maybe that's why you're designating. Only because you have a lack of knowledge. Says Gemara, but you don't need to designate in such a situation. That's our question, really. Well, that's really our question. Now, if it entered into Shabbat Mukseh, the answer is no. But if it entered into Shabbat not Mukseh and became Mukseh, could you resuscitate it, bring it back to a status where it's permitted? So it's, Right, says Jeffrey, pretty much the Gemara's final discussion of this, but it doesn't do it with freezing, it does it with boiling. The Gemara says, listen, when you're preparing, especially once upon a time for Shabbat, when you don't have a maintained heat source per se, you have boiling, boiling hot food leading up to Shabbat, inedible, the Gemara says. You can't put that in your mouth. As you take it off the flame and therefore are going to eat it at your Friday night meal, so now it becomes edible. That's exactly the Gemara. Now the Gemara says that that is different than our case, and as is your, your situation of it was in the freezer. And it comes back to what we were mentioning earlier uh, when Joey Levy was mentioned, because that we consider biadaim. That's something you can alter. You, by just taking it off the flame, you, by taking it out of the freezer, you've altered that. We don't, we say that was on your mind all throughout. It was never mukseh. Over here, the assumption is the sun is the only thing that will dry up these fruits. You don't have some sort of room that's going to suck that uh, moistness out of them. You don't have any way other than if God brings out the sun, it'll, it'll be fixed. That's why it's specifically an issue to these. But indeed, otherwise you'd have all sorts of mukseh lahati shabbat or mukseh entirely. And the Gemara assumes it's not so. Anyway, so says the Gemara, maybe the case is you don't know back in this beraita whether 
prior to Shabbat they were prepared or not. In other words, whether they're inedible or inedible or edible. And that's why you make this hazmana. Says so, Gemara, but you didn't need a hazmana. We know the ha'amar of kahana. If indeed there's something that you assumed was mukseh, in other words, it was inedible, but it became yavesh. It dried out entirely before Shabbat. But you, as the owner, didn't realize mutar. It's permitted. You don't need to do anything more. You don't need some sort of hasmana. But I didn't know about it. It's an amazing hidush. Apparently, and it comes back to conversation Nathan briefly had out loud a few days ago, apparently mukseh needs to be that I mentally have set this aside based on my understanding of this. If, in reality, it's prepared, I don't know whether it's prepared or not, that in and it of itself makes it not mukseh. That's the statement. Rashi quotes us, in fact, from She'il Tot Gaon over here, but that's the concept. Now, for our purposes, it means we still don't know what does the Beraita mean. One more time, the Beraita says, those fruits are on your roof, entering into Shabbat with Hazmana permitted, without Hazmana not. But you can't tell me they were inedible. If they were inedible, Hazmana does nothing. You can't tell me edible, what do you need Hazmana for? You can't tell me that I'm uncertain. You don't need Hazmana even for that, according to Rav Kahana. You don't need a verbal designation. It's edible. It's edible, as long as your mind was not off of it. He didn't know. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I'm not an expert. In, uh, same answer I gave to Charles earlier, but I, you know, and this one, lots of times I get criticized as a rabbi, I should have more of the reality of quinces and oxen and things of that sort. On this one, I'm okay. I'm not, we're not agriculturalists, apparently. He now has determined that it was before Shabbat ready. Maybe he asked, maybe someone saw it. Maybe someone saw it. Maybe you could just tell based on the texture. I don't know. It's the assumption. Anyway, says the Gemara, El Alav, rather the case must be De Hazu Dehu Vehadar Ahazu. Says the Gemara, the case must be exactly what we've been talking about until now. Entering into Shabbat, those fruits were edible. In Muqseh. On Shabbat, it rained. Inedible. Then the sun comes out and dries them out. Edible. With hazmana, it's permitted. Without hazmana, it would be prohibited. You see? Had you not designated it beforehand, you couldn't eat from these fruits. But wait a second, in the moments leading into Shabbat, they were edible, but on Shabbat they became inedible. There's no resuscitation. The fruits are mukse, unless... I made a hazmana, I designated them before Yom Tov. That's the suggestion of the Gemara. Yes, again, the case is over here, my mindset is I want to eat them. However, on Shabbat they became mukseh. Why did they become mukseh? Because it rained on them. The only way to save their original status, my mindset, and their reality as being edible is with a hazmana. The Gemara questions kind of what you're leading to. What did hazmana do then? What did hazmana do? So I said I plan on eating them. I think that's what you're saying in different words. Your words are, of course I plan on eating them. That's why I put them out there and they are edible. So what do my words do? You're telling me that the rain makes them inedible. My mindset was that they're going to be edible. I can't overcome that, the fact that they're inedible. What is that? Let's say they stay crazy. They were always edible. So, what was that? 
Yeah. I want it to be the I want it to be the raisins, but it's 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 still edible. It's not. I wasn't. Go- Say it again. That's the way. That's the way Rashi speaks out the whole sugya. What do you want it to be? So what it was? It was a re- grape on Shabbat. It became a in between. No, not yet a raisin. And then it became a raisin. Um, why do we need to do what? No, but he's he's uh, no, no, no. He, Jared's using this as a as a counter to what I just said to Eli. I think because Eli and Nathan asked, "What if my mindset is to eat it as a raisin? I put it up on the roof, and it's not yet a raisin." So I said, "It might not be a in such a situation." Well, then why are we talking about rain if it's not mukser? Right. In other words, again, what we've been describing throughout is I brought it up to the roof. It became a raisin before Shabbat. Then it rains on it, and then it's a raisin again. Why didn't we say instead, I brought up to the roof, it's a grape, edible, just not what I want, uh, in between stage on Shabbat, mukseh. Then it becomes a raisin on Shabbat, edible. Why wasn't that our case? Jared's suggesting, Jared's suggesting the fact that my mindset was that I'm not going to eat it as a grape, I'm rather going to eat it as a raisin, and that's why we're talking about it in this context, is maybe making it mukseh in and of itself. A makseh itzemidati, even though it is technically edible, it's not edible the way I would. That would make sense. That's a good that point. No, it still doesn't. Make. In your case, in your case, Hasmana would make, yeah. So says the Gemara, okay, so again, so, rather the case must be, so the case of the Daraita in turn goes as follows. I brought the fruit up to the roof. They became raisins before Shabbat. I designated I'm going to eat from them. It then rains, renders them inedible, sunny, makes them edible again, then it's kosher. Says the Gemara, and then it's not mukseh. But what did your hazmana do? What did your verbal designation do? They were raisins before Shabbat, edible. Your designation overrides the reality on Shabbat that they became inedible. Designation won't do anything. Your hazmana, your designation, verbal or mental, shouldn't do anything. Instead, says the Gemara, Charles Sheherba will be happy. Rather, suggest the Gemara, the case must be instead that these fruits were never once edible, then inedible, and so forth. They're in a past the bad in-between stage. In a later stage, let's give us four stages instead of three. First stage, fruits, moist, grapes. Second stage, very much out of grape, not yet raisin, nobody eats from it. Third stage, on their way, 75% raisin, some people would eat from it, other people wouldn't eat from it. Last stage, fully a raisin. Now, says the Beraita, if I designated before Shabbat I'm going to eat from those, I've showed I'm from the minority or whatever, the types of people who will eat not complete raisins. It's not that they're inedible, it's just some people would eat them, some people wouldn't. If I didn't designate, if I didn't think about it, we assume I'm in the either majority or the standard approach in which you wouldn't eat from them. That's the case in the Beraita. It's got nothing to do with the rain on Shabbat, nothing to do with our sugya or issue 
of yesh muksela hatsi shabbat or en muksela hatsi shabbat. It just rather has to do with one of these funny in-between cases where some people would, other people wouldn't. That's what you need the hasmana for. It means so if you wouldn't. Then it's Muxeri, but if you are known Correct. to be a person who eats that, you have to be known as a person. You need to have Hazmana. No, 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 no. It's a 50 50 Yeah. Alright, so that's what the Gemara concludes on this, which means ultimately speaking at this point, we still have no proof. If you've eaten it so many times in the past, maybe. This is what I eat from. Maybe you don't eat a hazmana. Maybe. It also might have to do with statistics. How many people eat from this? How many don't? And so forth. Okay. All things not with, you know, being equal. It's, you haven't done anything. Let's say. I'm not sure about the specifics. You haven't done anything in the past and it's a 50-50 or something along those lines. Yeah. The underlying issue is, yesh mukseh and mukseh la hadzi shabbat. You want to know the... Right. Hasmana? No. Yeah. Meaning, meaning say, what are we trying? What are we trying to avoid by by Muxeh? Some people do it, but so what? What's the What's the point of Muxeh? Am I understanding? Yeah, like, really, what's the spirit of Muxeh? Can be defined right. by a person's usual habit or not? So there, there is no simple answer to that question. The Gemara seems to say it's a gezerah because you might come to carry. The rabbis felt if you're just using anything, you'll come to carry. It was a large gezerah for carrying. Harambam has several specific reasons. Uh, what I like to say very often is it's a general, if you piece everything together, it's a general motive for the rabbis to say to you, Shabbat is a time for mindfulness. And in turn, if you're not prepared appropriately, if you're not thinking about the objects that I'm going to be using, the things that I'm going to be doing, it's not a mindful day. It's not a day which is set forth. Shabbat is designed but that way by the Torah. The Hachamim understand it as you only violate a melacha b'melechet mahashevet if you do it with the intent to do the melacha and for the outcome of the melacha. So I always understand Muqseh as being a derivative of that. The specifics about, you know, Aram Bab says they didn't want you. That's all specifics. The general mindset, you know, philosophically speaking, is mindfulness. That's what they wanted. That was the perspective. That's the Torah's perspective. Perspective. It's not just a day of mechanical rest. It's a day of mindful activity. Uh, and in turn, all of this, I think, then falls into motion. Now, now it's just questions of how did they characterize that mindfulness? Right. So, so therefore, something without Hasmana which requires my mindfulness on Shabbat is... means that prior to Shabbat, I stopped, I paused, I said, this is something I'm going to be using on Shabbat. You're prepared for it. You were set in motion what was going to be activity on that day. But, but, but aren't I being mindful on Shabbat? If I'm, if I'm but, the, but the fact that I wasn't entering into the day means I stepped into this haphazardly. I stepped into a lion's... I, I, I armed myself before getting into the lion's den. All right, I was mindful. I got into the lion's den, and then I realized I need to arm myself. You're right, I'm being mindful in that moment, but I wasn't fully mindful. I didn't do it right. This item that some people, it's not really Shabbat that has seen Muxeh on that. It's the people that are different. Uh, of this case, on the, the punchline of it, yeah, this isn't Muxeh Lahati Shabbat. So it doesn't answer our question. Correct, correct, which means we're still stuck as to whether yesh muqseh hatsi shabbat or not. This is not at all a case of muqseh hatsi shabbat. So this bright just got this proof. Got, 
got disproved as being evidence for our issue. Indeed. It is. It has to be. It was good at the onset. If it wasn't good at the onset, it's mukseh. I, I suggested yes. Jared pointed out none. I think Jared's correct. That's you were dohebi adan by bringing it up to the roof. You said I'm not eating this as grapes. Right. Says the Gemara. Uh, in turn, we need more. We need more proofs for this matter. Amar Bizera, Bottom line, Rebizera brings yet another beraita to try. Excuse me, not a beraita. Rebizera just looks at what we do as evidence for whether yesh or in muqsela hatsi shabbat hashema mipolin ve'adashin let's look at the beans and the lentils that we eat on shabbat deha polin ve'adashin me'ikara hazu lachos initially beans and lentils you can eat rashi says hayin when they're raw lachos means to munch on them while they're raw they're edible entering into shabbat uh, and, uh, oh, excuse me, leave, leave aside Yom Tov and Shabbat. It's going to have to, regardless, they're edible. They're edible before cooking them, right? They're edible before cooking them by munching on them. Shadinu um, Bekedera, when you then put them into a pot, Adhelehu, you push them aside because they're now boiling, says Rashi. They're now scorching hot, you can't put them into your mouth at all. Oh, interesting. Gamar bishulayu, you finished the cooking, you took it off the fire, hazuluhu, it's now edible. Of course, as Jeffrey said, you have to be talking about Yom Tov, you're not cooking something on Shabbat. So one more time, circumstances, Yom Tov morning, Yom Tov afternoon, Yom Tov night. I'm interested in having lentil soup, lentil barley, whatever it is. I, in the moments before I put it into the pot, these items are edible. It's not like the grapes where I pushed it out of sight, out of mind, but bring it up to the roof. It's in my drawer. I could, and sometimes I do munch on them. I put them on the fire, not edible any longer. They're scorching hot. They're not cooked yet, and they're not uh, raw. You can't eat from them. You take them off the fire, and we serve them at our meal. Says Rabbi Zerah, clearly, our approach, our assumption throughout is, in Muqsela Hatsi Shabbat. Uh, you, you know the answer. I said it already. I said it already. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Earlier in the class, that's why Joey leaving. Yeah, you're, you're good. No, you're uh, <laughs> you either listen to the class or read the Gemara. Either way, I'm incriminating you. Anyway, says the Gemara. No credit. And says the Gemara. Amale Abaye. Abaye counters that proof. Again, Rabbi Zera attempted to bring proof from the fact that we eat lentils after cooking them on Shabbat. Excuse me, on Yom Tov. Uh, the fact that we cook it on Yom Tov clearly presumes that en Shabbat. If there was mukseh, in other words, it was edible, but then rendered inedible, but then becomes edible again, and it's no, and it's a problem, then we wouldn't be able to ever eat these sorts of things. Amale abaye says abaye. Okay, leave aside Yom Tov. What about every meal we eat on Friday night? What about every meal we eat on Friday night? Kedera means a dish. All the dishes, all the pots and pans that we bring food with on Friday night to the meal, when it comes to a general dish, certainly once upon a time, but maybe until today. 
your wife, you, your cook, whatever, is still burning it, scorching hot, in the moments leading into Shabbat. When Shabbat comes, so they took it off the fire. When Shabbat comes, they moved it into a warming area. When Shabbat comes, they placed it on the side. But leading up to Shabbat, in the critical time when we determine whether something's edible or not, it's inedible. It looks delicious, it will be delicious, but in its current state, it's not usable. So forget about Muqsela Hatsi Shabbat, Every food we have should be mukseh. In Jeffrey's rendition, it's not as good because this one's all the food we have. Jeffrey said, maybe, but yeah, the, and, uh, along those lines, yes. But again, the sun, I'm telling you, is because yeah. you're In Jeffrey's rendition, you took something out of the freezer. You took it out of the freezer, mukseh. Oh, but I'm, I'm thawing it. But mukseh. So he's just saying, all our food is going to be mukseh when we prepare it before Shabbat. A hundred percent. If I took it out before Shabbat and I made it edible before Shabbat, it's okay. Over here, I took it out on Shabbat, but it is permitted. What I'm saying is, this: how else are you making the food for Shabbat? You're making the food, generally speaking, certainly historically, by leading up to Shabbat, it's boiling hot. The moments until Shabbat, it's boiling hot, inedible. It should all be muqseh. Forget about muqseh Shabbat. It means that that status, since you could change it, does not make it considered mukseh. Since it's in your hands to overcome it, it's not mukseh. If the clothing has a large stain on it, but I could just scrape it off in a mutar way, that's not mukseh. Then there's no issue. You don't need hazmana, you don't need anything. It's not mukseh. In other words, Rabbi Zera, you tried to bring a proof from the lentils and beans, which are initially edible, then inedible. The cooking process is clearly not evidence that it becomes mukseh. Why is it not mukseh? because it's in my hands to change it, as opposed to when they become drenched with the water, right? When I brought it up to the roof and the water soaked them, I can't do that. I need the sun to do that. Says the Gemara again, Amale Abaye, Abaye responds to Bizeran says, according to you, according to your logic, do you mean to tell me kederot de alma? Dishes in general, every Shabbat, the Hasidam Setam Kederot de Alma, the general dish that you have served as food on Shabbat, Ben Hashem Ashot, in the moments leading up to Shabbat, at the uh, in between stage, right before Set Shekiata Hamad, the setting of the sun, when we determine Mukseh Rot Hotem, they're scorching hot, they're inedible. Ule Orta, and then at. That's right. So, Nathan, the assumption of Abaye is that what we have been doing, he's speaking for himself, for hundreds of years, is okay. You're right. Rabbi Zerah could say, that's what you do in your house? You're all sinners. Instead, the assumption is, if this is what we've been doing, we're okay. So, so they made a leniency. I didn't know you were so cynical. Says the Gemara, Ule Orta, and then at night, Achlinan Minayu, we eat from it. Ela, rather, it must be, we have to distinguish, Gamro bide adam lakami ba'ayalan. We were never questioning if when it becomes usable again, meaning the in-between stage of when it became asur, if it could be fixed, bide adam, by human beings, that was not our question. Our question was only when it becomes mukseh to the extent that the only way to fix it is God in God's hand, like the sun case. And as I mentioned, the Gemara has no conclusion to this matter. It happens to be we go leniently for one reason or another that en mukseh lachatzi Shabbat, that's how Harambam and Shohan Aruch Posek Lalacha, Safek de Rabbanan, you'd like to say, Mukseh, sometimes we go le Humrah, though. 
In many cases, we did go lechumrah. Uh, that's the end of this sugya. I'm going to begin for just the last minute. The next issue or next question in the Gemara. It's a short and brief story that took place. The Gemara says, Rabbi Yehuda Nisi'ah Havale Hahu Bukhra. And now that we're done with Muksela Hatsi Shabbat, now that we brought Bechor for that issue, let's bring you back to the core issue. That was first mentioned in the Mishnah. You're allowed to show your firstborn animal to a mumhe on Shabbat, to a proficient person in these laws, that he will determine whether it has a mum kavua, a permanent blemish, or not. Mahlok in our Mishnah between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda. Shadreh lekameh derbi ameh. He sent the animal to Rabbi Ameh. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi was uncertain how to check it. He sent it to Rabbi Ameh. Savar de la mehazieh. Uh, Rabbi Ameh said, I'm sorry, I can't look at this today. Uh, it's an interesting thing that starts us off in this conversation. It means Rabbi Udaha Nasi was of the opinion, I could send it to the rabbi to check. Rabbi Ameh receives it and doesn't check it. Keep in mind, this was a dispute in our Mishnah, Rabbi Huda versus Rabbi Shimon. That's what we'll play out in the next few lines. Rashi mentions something interesting in this context. He says, it must be that Rabbi Udaha Nasi, says Rashi, had a Kohen at his meal. That's indeed the way I've been teaching the Subya throughout. I've been teaching the Subya throughout that the Bechor is only eaten when it has a moom by the Beit of Gindi's Towels Cohen's. That's what I've been saying throughout. Happens to be Rashi says that over here, but and I, I need to just mention this at the very least at the end of the class, the Mishnah in Masech Bechorot, which I discovered on Daf Lamid Gimal, says that according to Beit Hillel, who we follow, once the Bechor has a moom, even you and I, Yisrael and Levi, can eat from it. When it's not a Baal moom, when it's Tamim, according to everyone, according to the Torah, it's only eaten by the Kohen after it's Nikra. When it has the moom, even though Rashi for some reason talks about the Kohen, as I have throughout the Sugya, that's Beit Shammai's opinion. According to Beit Hillel, anyone really could eat from it, but for our issues, Rabbi Udanas, he is sending the Bechor to be checked, Rabbi Ameh is rejecting it, and we'll continue in that story and explanation as we go along. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen ve'amen.